The upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. And now for something completely different. Hey, I was, I'm a Hall of Famer. I'm in three Halls of Fame. For the young fans, they don't give a damn. They just give a damn about themselves and what they're hearing now. And I got no problem with those rules. I know the rules going in. I'm happy to play the game that way. And when Ivan came off with that uh, knee drop from the top rope and he pinned me, I thought that something happened. I couldn't hear a thing. You could have heard the pin drop in that arena. It touched me so deeply that when I went in the dressing room, I really felt depressed. I'll tell you that, I'll tell you right to his face. If it's Hogan and I, if he wanted to get in a real street fight with me, trust me, he would lose, and he knew it. You know, that's the other thing. They give you the belt, and they're like, okay, you're in charge of me. I was like, what? When you mentioned a guy like Harley Race, that kind of legendary status, it's obvious why people would get upset. Or as I'm concerned, Roddy Piper was not a wrestler. He wasn't even a good worker. If he had to go out and work his way to the top and not have good friends like Jim Barnett. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying he's not a good guy. He's just not a tough guy. Bro, I swear to you, I don't have an ego. Like, I don't give a crap. I, that stuff is not important to me. People don't know me. They have no idea of who I am. They know of me as being a fictional character that they saw on TV. People didn't understand that, you know, the guy they saw in the ring that happened to be using his real name and happened to actually be the president of the company, they really believed that that guy that they loved to hate was actually a pretty decent guy. And I think many people have the perception that I really was that character. They are Primetime Pod and Chad, the two-man power trip of wrestling. two-man power trip of wrestling this is feature episode number 30 a part of the two-man power trip of wrestling podcast empire i am jp john pause and today our episode is brought to you by the headlock of destiny a brand new book from author samuel greatly it is going to be a, a tremendous read stay tuned later on in the show where you hear more about the headlock 
of Destiny book. And of course, today we have on a living legend, a female a trailblazer, one of the greatest to ever do it. That, of course, is, as I say, trailblazer, Alundra Blaze, a.k.a. Medusa. And it is a wild one, so strap in. She is one tough lady, just an awesome, awesome interview, and and just a great get for us to be able to get such a big name and such a legend and somebody I you know I've been a big fan of for a very very long time. Like I said, Trailblazer, one of the innovators, one of the first real women wrestlers that weren't considered quote unquote divas. She was kind of doing her own thing, traveling to Japan and and dominating over there and really becoming a, a big star and then coming back in the WWF and becoming a Lundra Blaze and becoming a, a you know even bigger star there and then WCW as back as Medusa and obviously we go through our whole run whether it be all Japan woman WWF WCW talk a little AWA talk a little WWE we go through kind of the whole gamut kind of what she's doing with stardom we go through a lot of different stuff that she's up to today including Medusa's My Personal A Revolution series. It's an amazing story of her life, life stories, heartbreak, triumph, abuse, success, and her climb back to the top. It's really, really interesting. You can go to her website, medusa.com, for more information on the My Personal Revolution series. It's really good stuff, and obviously it's going to be up on YouTube as well. If you want to check that out, type in My Revolution series or Medusa on YouTube, and you could see it popped up there. A lot of good stuff, a lot of interesting stuff. We do get into that in the interview as well. Of course, we also talk about how she was a 24-7 WB champion not that long ago, which is kind of, you know, it's funny and that's a funny title, but it's a really good thing to get these legends back on TV. And it's kind of their way because the creative, let's be honest, isn't great. It's kind of their creative way of, of using these legends and getting them back on TV. So the, while that was kind of, you know, in, in a way you could say, oh, it's a little cheesy or whatever, but it was kind of fun and, and a good way to kind of get her back in the mix and get her back on TV for, for a period of time. And with the Ted DiBiase kind of tie-in, that was funny as well because you know, you're throwing two legends in there that may not normally connect or be together on TV, and, and you kind of mix them up and match them and throw them on TV. So I thought that was really, really kind of excellent way of using it without really getting overly creative because I don't think that, uh, no offense, I don't think that their creative process is able to do that quite right now. Back to kind of Medusa and, and her career and kind of going over things in this interview. It's so interesting that so many people remember her for throwing the trash can in the garbage can. You know, the the the, the type. Excuse me, the title in the trash can on WCW Nitro, and it's one of those things where obviously it's etched in my mind. But I think because of the Monday Night Wars and everything that was going on at WCW versus WWF, it was so amplified at the time. But you can't also kind of forget how good of a worker she was and good of a talker and just a great wrestler and overall just a great hand and a great performer in the professional wrestling business. But getting back to that title, you know, title uh, throw, I guess you could say, or the uh, WWF Women's title being trashed in that garbage can, it's one of those things where that was absolutely shocking and, and you don't see stuff like that. Obviously, you really hadn't seen it before and you really haven't really seen much since as far as really being that inner promotional war where you're really somehow getting a hold of the other promotions title so she's the world champion in the WBF they kind of get rid of the woman's division so she's still a champion but her contract runs out she gets released she's gone good friend Eric Bischoff is there to scoop her up says bring the title to Nitro 
and kind of the rest is uh, history, as they say. And she ends up throwing the WWF woman's title on live TV in a trash can saying it's garbage. And that kind of was a real, real shot across the bow and real, real kind of momentum turner even though wcw was really on the upswing there i mean that was that was really like holy crap anything can happen on nitro bischoff is willing to do anything to win the war wcw is so edgy and so you know much cooler really than wbf at that point they were doing so many different things to really kind of elevate their game and elevate the WCW to levels that it's never seen before and really elevate those ratings which it clearly did and I just think that's one of the moments and one of the memories that people will always remember from the Monday Night War her throwing the WWF title in the trash can on WCW TV it's just pretty pretty awesome stuff and she goes into a whole story about the real backstory of that and how there's really kind of no heat with her and Vince McMahon and maybe the heat really lies with Vince McMahon and Eric Bischoff you truly truly never know but obviously there's no heat there because they just did a uh, WB Network documentary Trailblazer on Alundra Blaze which is really really well done and it's very very good as well so I highly suggest you go to the network and check that out as well and of course you can go to our website tmptempire.com and check out the latest and greatest of what we're up to we got so many things coming on so many things coming down the pipeline there will be a, a pipeline excuse me there will be a new show coming to the empire very very soon we'll have details on that and obviously we will get that out to you very very soon you can join us on Russo's brand we have Shane Douglas's Triple Threat podcast Rick Bassman's Talking Tough is coming soon to Podcast One, very, very soon, hopefully. And Dutch Mantel, the University of Dutch, we're on MLW Network for that show as well. You can join me there. And then, of course, we have so much stuff going on with our flagship interview series where we just had on Mark Jindrak. And then, obviously, we're going to have more and more interviews coming down the pipeline and even some more feature episodes as well. So sit back, relax, and enjoy a little bit of the Trailblazer herself. Alundra Blaze, a.k.a. Medusa. WCW Cruiserweight Champion. You may know her as Alundra Blaze. We know her as the current WB 24-7 Champion, Medusa. Welcome to the two-man power trip. Oh, hey, hey, hey. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You know, it took a little bit for us to connect, but we did, and here we are. I'm sitting in a Home Depot parking lot. Nice, <laughs> nice. All, awesome to connect, and I kind of was joking saying you're the current 24-7 Champion, but you no, technically might be. I've had enough. You know, I, I feel like 
CM Punk when he did the pipe boom, you know? It's like he did the pipe bomb, you know, he did the pipe boom. He sat, you know, he had a moment, and then he made a job out of it. Those were his words. And you know what? It's the same damn thing. That's how I feel and everything that I've done. I, I dropped the women's WWE women's or back then it was WWF um, women's title in the trash. I had a moment. Let's make a job out of that too, right? What's the hell mm-hmm. wrong with that? I mean, I started a revolution. You know, I had enough of equality, not being fair, um, and it just it goes on and on. So again, why be overlooked? And again, twenty four seven champion. I, I'm gonna you, was there a referee around? No, there wasn't. No, there wasn't. Again, let's just forget about it and move on. Okay, just like everything else. Well, I've had enough, and I feel like CM Punk did, you know, and um, I hopefully I'm back to backstage, excuse me, folks. I've got a few words, and I think him and I would be prime time. Absolutely. You guys would be awesome together. <laughs> we, we, we have a few things to say. <laughs> uh, yes. And I I think with the twenty four seven thing, people don't realize technically DBS was trying to buy it, but was he just trying to hold it? We don't know. That's the that's the you know, technicality of it all. I think because he hasn't been a champion in a long time, he just wanted to hold it and I told him it cost him a few bucks just to keep it warm for me. So what the hell? Yeah. Good point. Now yeah. if you know, as far as kind of you and, and your current withstanding with WB I mean, it is kind of like an open door. You can come in, you can whatever. Do you think you're getting the credit you deserve for kind of, like you said, for the women's revolution with WB bringing you back and forth and, you know, kind of you still being a part of, you know, not just TV for 24-7, but kind of being part of when they have the Royal Rumble and when they have the Evolution pay-per-view and things like that? I think it's amazing that they have um, the opportunity to bring back the legends because they are – the standard, you know, the women, um, and men, excuse me, all of us, for um, the future and the future and what it has become. So making these legends relevant again, as people and fans like to say, I think it's very meaningful. I think it brings history in. I think it brings a lot of respect in. It keeps people stabilized and remembers and you know, maybe triggers their brain. Oh, yeah, that did happen. Or maybe I should do some of my homework. And, oh, yeah, that's where it came from. So I think what they do with the legends when they handpick their legends that they want to sign contracts with um, is a huge opportunity for us to reinvent ourselves as a golden age. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So to speak, and probably. I mean, I've done very well for myself, and I'm very – very happy that they reached out and asked me to be inducted in 2015 into the Hall of Fame and signed a Legends contract. And um, more opportunities have happened, you know, to me with them at this day and age. One, um, because they are focusing on women, they are focusing on empowerment, they are focusing on the evolution and revolution of women. So it's good timing. Was I ahead of myself? Yes, absolutely. But you can't sit there and say, oh, well, it's been in the past, the past, but there's no reason to take whatever I had and reinvent it and make a job out of it. So I, I, I kudos to CM Punk here and, and saying what he said because I feel the same way. So 
he's got a pair, so do I. And I'll grow a bigger pair hmm. and it needs to be big. Absolutely. Now, as far as Vince and WWF or WWE and you bring, being inducted into the Hall of Fame, was there any sort of heat kind of leading into that at all, from, stemming from 20 years prior with the whole throwing the, the belt in the trash can on, on Nitro? Maybe there was in the past, but that was my – the only thing on my mind when they asked me to be inducted was I was really, really worried in how everything and everybody was going to perceive me, especially the talent with so many years ahead. One, I didn't think anyone liked or respected me in the business. I carried that burden on my shoulders for so long. I always was kind of an introvert, even though I was out in the public. And I never knew really what people thought. And nor did I really care. But it really didn't, um, I don't, I just didn't have that view of what people really thought of me as a wrestler. Well, everything came to a head and um, really dialed in and, explained all those questions that I had that everyone had when I went in that there wasn't any heat. They were so warm and so welcoming and the talent was brilliant and um, Natalia was a class act. All of them were and Natty set the stage and the tone for me to actually give the speech and the type of speech that I did. So they're very well seasoned and preserved now, you know, Yeah, absolutely. 
And I do think, kind of going back to throwing the title in the trash can, you have no heat. I think Bischoff probably took the, the brunt of it. I think that's what the, you know, you kind of maybe got on skates. He probably took a lot of those uh, hits there. Who took the hits? Eric Bischoff. Took the hits of what? What kind of hits and from what? You mean from what? Well, when you threw the, 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 the title in the trash, I think he kind of rightly so gets the blame because he told you to do it, right? I mean, it was all well, part of I mean, whatever, his idea. Whatever, however, let's it this Whatever, however, whatever it was, the start of the Monday Night War. And mm-hmm. I'll give him all the credit because it was brilliant. We didn't know it was going to blow up like that, him or I did. And it was brilliant. It changed the trajectory of wrestling. Let's put it that way. And and, yeah. and let's make it even what? Let's make it a job now. Come on. If we can mm-hmm. make a damn pipe bomb and turn it into a job, then we need to take that because I think that shocked the world just as much, if not more. Yeah, and controversy creates cash, which is what a great line that he always says. That, yes, and that is a great line from Bischoff. And, you know, you mentioned WWE Network and doing cool little things. A while back, they did have a pretty cool documentary on you, Trailblazer, and, and I thought that was a nice little introduction to kind of go along with the, the Women's Evolution pay-per-view and things like that. Was that yeah. something you know you enjoyed being a part of? Absolutely, I do. I want to be a part of more. I mean, I mean, I, mean, I want to be part of WWE more. I really do. And um, I'm, you know, I I would like it to happen. I can't make anybody make anything happen. So. You know, hopefully it happens. You know, my contract only lasts so long, and we'll see what they'll do. Now, what is going on with your My Personal Revolution series? I know you had this amazing YouTube clip, and you had a bunch of awesome videos. What is kind of the latest, and what's going on with that? Because that looked like such a cool project that you had going on. It is a cool project, and thanks for asking. My Personal Revolution is a docu-series, web series, that we put together, we just put a trailer together. So I fin- I financed all of that myself. And so that was phase one. We had a first fundraising. And then the second, third, and I think there's going to be three um, portions of the fundraiser. The next is going to be like production, and second is going to be whatever. And so it's kind of, I, I will not give up. I don't give up. If anyone knows me, they know I do not give up. The project will finish, and it will come to fruition, and it's going to be freaking amazing. It's a very educational piece. It's about um, childhood trauma into teenage adversity, into um, adult real-life realism, into the entertainment world, and overcoming and surviving um, without bowing, if you know what I mean. So it's an amazing story. It's just not, oh, this poor kid overcame who she is. There's so much in between of a woman in that era that would make everybody, it'll make everyone happy. It'll make people sad. It'll piss you off. You'll cry. And then at the end, you'll fist pump in the air, you know, wanting to, you know, just be happy for this woman. And um, so I'm very excited. And the fundraiser, um, the second part will kick off in February, I believe. And I don't know if it will be back on Indiegogo or GoFundMe, but one of them. Today's episode of the Two-Man Power Trip is brought to you by The Headlock of Destiny. It's a pro wrestling and epic fantasy mashup like the Royal Rumble meets the Game of Thrones. 
It has a ton of kick-ass characters inspired by and in homage to wrestlers from the golden era of professional wrestling like the Macho Man, Mr. Perfect, the Million Dollar Man, Owen Hart, Big Boss Man, and many, many more. The headlock of destiny imagines titans like these wrestling in a fantasy world, beating on each other in front of roaring crowds. It's fast-paced. It's a unique tale, and the early reviewers are raving about it. It tells the story of a beer-drinking underdog, a titan who has dragged into the headlock of Destiny Tournament ends up squaring off with some truly, truly epic ass kickers. This book has a ton of cool Easter eggs thrown in. For example, you may uh, know that the first arena that they go to is called Scott Hall. You are absolutely going to love this. Imagine if the ring were 100% real and the fate of the nations hung on these results. Imagine if Gollum's and minotaurs and all sorts of crazy shit was climbing into the ring to face off with titans inspired by guys like The Undertaker and Hacksaw Jim Duggan. You don't have to be a fantasy nerd to love this one. It's just a ton of fun. Available today on Amazon in paperback and ebook versions. So check it out. It is the Headlock of Destiny. Check it out. Very cool. The trailer looked awesome. You know, amazing, amazing through life story, and you kind of leave it all out there, and kind of open yourself up. Is that kind of hard to do, and almost leave yourself very vulnerable like that, where you're kind of reliving? Is, yeah, vulnerability is so frightening. It really is in today's day and age, because I'm the type of person that, remember, I'm old school, but vulnerability is just, it is crazy. It's like, you can second guess yourself all day long, and uh and you question yourself, and but at the end of the day, my motto is: if it's illegal, unethical, or immoral, I don't do it. It's got to be true. Hmm. That's a pretty good motto. I like that. Thank you. <laughs> I like that a lot. And, and as far as you know, doing this project and everything like that, and you said kind of self-funded, you're, you're going to make it happen no matter what. Yeah. Is it? Is it a project that you, you know, like you said, it's got to be made? This Is it like something that you always wanted to do or is it something that just kind of came up recently? No, since I started in the business, I have a, I'm, my brain, it's brain, it's just, my brain is huge. And I've always was caught in a time where things weren't happening, but my brain was. And so when I first started into wrestling, before I even started wrestling and I was approached, I knew that I wanted to. Um, change wrestling because I did my history, I did my diligence, and I said I've got to change the way women are women are looked. I got to change the way the women are just an enhancement, or their names are even mentioned, and it's just a sidestone, it's a mockery, and it's a joke. And 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 then I found out that way back then that if you know if you're, if you're cool enough and you have enough respect, you'll get asked to go to Japan. Well, women really didn't get asked to Japan that much ever, and, and let alone be asked to stay there and live there and train for like three years. So I knew before I even started, I needed to think of a name. I thought of a name. I knew that I wanted to go to Japan, and damn it, I was going to. This is all before I even started. I thought of a name. I came up with the name Medusa, M-A-B-U-S-A, because it correlated with going to Japan, because I knew I was going to go to Japan for fun. And I knew by watching all those little VHS tapes, that they they, they come in cult followings, and they're amazing. They love America. So I came up with the name M-A-D-U-S-A, and I knew they could chant that just great. So I 
trademarked that like 40 years ago, and um, it was a perfect name for Japan, and that's what happened. And once I started, I said, I want to do this. I'm gonna. I don't know how long this ride is gonna go, but I'm gonna run along as long as I can. And I loved it. I was athletic. I was a jock. I was a gymnast. I was a track and field. And I just fell in love with it because I got to express through all the crap already, through everything that I'm making into my personal revolution. That hey, someday I'm gonna I'm gonna make this into a movie. And I said that all of that. And it's just amazing how, you know, what, <laughs> years later, it's like, you know, here it is. And, but I knew that um, one of my uh, women that I really looked up to in racing was Shirley Muldowney. So when my wrestling was coming to an end in 2001, and I knew that I wanted to retire in 99 because I didn't like the way women's wrestling was going. Nothing against the women. Everyone has their own choices, but that wasn't my choice to wrestle in freaking bra and underwear and mud and freaking ketchup and barbecue and whatever the hell they wanted me to do. It hmm. wasn't me. So I, I just said, it's time for me. It's time for me to retire. It's just, uh-uh. And then I saw what's happening to everybody. Hey, you can go there. That's the hell. That was the attitude there. But I just, yeah, you get to wrestle, but I just didn't want to be projected that, you know, project that way. And I, I said no, and I just changed it. And then all of a sudden, I got offered to race monster trucks. I did that for 18 years, retired last December, and um, now repackaging, reinventing, redoing my stuff as Medusa and um, living life. Um, my husband just retired from the army after 31 years and above <laughs> one. So uh, just transitioning life and loving everything about it. Very blessed. Very, very cool. And, you know, you mentioned the Medusa name. You had a trademark. Was there a reason for the Alundra Blaze name? Is that one of those things where Vince has to own the name and he's got to change Correct. it and it's got to do what he wants? Correct. So I didn't want to give up Medusa. Why would I? Right. I worked so hard for it. That's stupid. No. <laughs> yep. Sell out. I don't care how broke I was. I, I wasn't going to sell out. Nope. Mm-hmm. Smartest thing I did. And where did he come up with the Lundra Blaze from? That's just something he came I up with, know. or you? He came up with. Yeah, I love the I love Blaze, and the Lundra was different, and it was it started with an A, and I knew it. I'd type B and find the best of it. I'm funny. Okay. Yep. <laughs> Did you think at that point when he brought you in that he was going to actually do something more with the women's division? Did you think it was going to be kind of almost like what it is like today where he, I mean, he goes all out for the women? I was hoping it would. I'm living vicariously through the women today because that's how I wrestled back then. Was to mm. Period. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you think about kind of you know where you were and how you started in that style. A lot of that style now, 2019, fast forward, is being brought back, and that's kind of like the women are working like you. Is that somewhat of a, you know, a, not a pound back, but like a little bit of a confidence boost that a lot of these girls definitely look up to you and not copy you, but they do mimic a lot, a lot of your stuff. You think they do? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, I'm going to take that as a compliment. Thank you. Well, I thank you, and I, I'm sure that they do respect me, you know, and I – I respect them all. I have nothing against anything. I just um, wish them the best. And 
you know, I, I'm a prime example in this field for so many years, wrestling in this business that you have to take care of yourself. You have to take care of your body. And you got to know when, you know, to ball out gracefully and to make sure that you're okay when you do. Absolutely. And as we head towards the wind down, we head towards the finish, I'm always just curious about how you got started because I know kind of like that AWA area with Brad Rankins and Eddie Sharkey and Vern and old mm-hmm. guys. Mm-hmm. But what was it like with Sherry Martell? Apparently, I guess you guys didn't get along uh, at first. Well, it wasn't about not getting along. I was doing independence for a few years. I did a broken tail, and I finally got a call from Wahoo McDaniel from AWA because he heard from somebody like, hey, you got to check out this independent chick. And I was from Minneapolis. I was right there. It made sense. It cost him any extra money. When I got that call from Wahoo McDaniel, he said, you know, we'd like you to do a program with Sherry. I was like, oh, my God. Sure. Holy shit. And so, um, yeah, then. You know, they brought me in, had a meeting with him, and Vern, Vern was amazing. Vern was the most fair guy ever. Um, he was so good. My first paycheck, um, I remember, um, it was huge. Um, it was at the Cow Palace with Sherry. It was $800, and I took that $800 when I was so broke. I didn't have a pot to piss in. I had, I owed, oh, my God, I owed the IRS who knows how much money, blah, 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 blah. And it was like, um, I took that $800 and bought um, um, tombstones and uh, funeral markers for some people in my family that every time I went there, you couldn't see where they were at. So I took that first $800 and I bought them markers and there, there it sits. And that's what I did. And it was a great run with Sherry. She was on her way to WWE anyway and she didn't pay me no mind because she didn't like, you know, probably what I was bringing into wrestling. And that was just Sherry, though. She was, you know, that's just the way she was. After, you know, years after her and I became very, very good friends, I think I was the only female besides the few male wrestlers that was at her funeral. And um, you know, I went over to her house a lot, and it was just, I'm glad that I was able to call her, you know, a true friend at the end. Definitely an underrated legend. I don't know why or how, but she was so good at so many different facets. But I feel like almost underrated. People almost forget about her, which is insane to think of. You know, a fan of kind of my era, it's kind of insane to think that she might be underrated. Well, I don't think she'd be that underrated if she was still alive. Though I think she, I think somehow WWE is working utilizing her. (laughs) Good point. Yep. Well, there's a lot of good ones that are gone, unfortunately. That you know we don't hear about things, but it's because they're not here. I believe and otherwise i think maybe they might have been utilized more you know mm-hmm. yep absolutely and, and one group that i love that you were in, in in early wcw in the early 90s was the dangerous alliance with rick rude and steve austin arn anderson bobby Eaton, larry zabisco and paul dangerously paul e dangerously i just love that that group what was kind of your relationship with paul e at this point because I, mean, I know you guys wrestled a little bit and you guys did different things but also him as a as a manager of the group as well. Oh, Paul was amazing. He he, you know, I always call him. He was a smart ass, you know, and all of that. But he was good. He him and I got along great. He he helped me with my career. He made everything possible within the DA with my affiliation with it, and um, he was great. It was just it elevated me to the next level and helped, you know, my price tag. I'm sure. And um, he believed in me. He took time. So, and he's a master at what he does. Absolutely, he's 
you know, he, sometimes he's a dick, but that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's Paul. And I love him and I, and I could be a bitch and everyone could be this and everyone could be that. And, but he's never been a dick to me really, you know? So it just wrestling wise. And that's all part of the gig. And, um, the DA, I don't know. I think it was the best thing there. <laughs> just my eyes. Yeah. Dane's <laughs> like, Oh, they yeah, now that's so underrated. Good. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> People always think of factions and the horsemen and stuff. Well, when players gone and they need a faction, and you know, players in the WWF and WCW put that group of guys together, it's one of the greatest factions. And you're right. I don't know how it gets forgotten with all those awesome names in it. I know it. I know. I don't know why. I don't. And you know what? How good is your team? And everything is marketing. Everything is marketing. You know, people would say, my God, you're a damn good monster truck driver. You're a two-time champion. No other woman's held that title, not even to today. And people say, God, you were amazing and blah, blah, blah. And I said, you know why I was amazing? Because it took a team. It wasn't just me behind that wheel. It took my crew chief. It took me. It took that truck. It took the announcer. It took the marketing team. It took everybody involved. So. Um, everything that we're that you see, it's just not one person delivering one thing. It's a whole package. You've got to have people behind you to believe in you, to help push. Well said. And as far as kind of looking back at your career and, and so many memorable matches and feuds and things, any one woman or maybe a couple women stand out above others as kind of some of your favorite opponents? I, you know, I just, I, I hate saying that. I just don't. I mean, they're all, how about that? Did I have some great matches with Bull McConnell? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Did I have some amazing matches with the Japanese? Absolutely. Is my heart Japan? Absolutely. <laughs> hmm. Yep. That's it. That's all I got. What else you got? What, what you well, got? I was gonna, I was gonna say, what is kind of the biggest kind of misconception? about Medusa that's out there. Is, is there something where you think of people think one thing, but that's completely wrong and completely inaccurate about you? Well, I'm not sure. No one's ever said anything to my face, so I, I don't know. <laughs> maybe that's a good question to ask. Yeah, I think that might right? be it, though. Everyone, Maybe everyone's intimidated by it. Maybe they shouldn't be, but maybe they're a little scared of you. Why would they be scared of me? I have... I, I, why? I know you got a little <laughs> bit of a Muay Thai background, a little kickboxing, a little boxing. You that has nothing. That was how old ago. How old was I then? Come on. <laughs> I mean, that's just that's old garbage, you know? Yep. No, I'm just very confident, and I'm very, mm. you know, I stand tall, and I, you know, I, I don't take no shit, and I believe in integrity, and it's, you know, a lot of people get lost with all that shit within this business, you know, and they lose themselves. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And now as far as kind of the My Personal Revolution series, everything, where can everyone find that? Is it under Medusa on YouTube or, or is there a website? I mean, where can everyone find that uh, My Revolution series? I would say right now for all of my stuff, go to Medusa.com, M-A-D-U-S-A.com. Go to my website. You can find all of my links. It just makes it easier. My Facebook, my Twitter, my Instagram, everything's looking so anyway. So just check out the just check out the website. That would be great. Get the traffic going there, and um, you'll find out everything from blogging to merchandise and my personal revolution and everything and my personal appearances and stuff like that. So again, website website. 
Awesome. And as far as your social media and other plugs, what, what's the what's your like Twitter handle and everything else? Didn't I just say? Go to my website. All of my handles are on there. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, it just makes it easier. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Makes it perfect. Now, yes. you know, one last question I just want to ask. When when it's all kind of said and done, and obviously, you know, somewhat retired from wrestling, but when it's all said and done, what do you think people are going to remember about you? Like, what's kind of the stamp you're going to leave behind on the business? That you changed wrestling. That Medusa was the pivotal moment that believed in women and stuck up and started a revolution. And, uh, lost her job for doing it and uh, title in the trash changing the way paving the way for women today to be able to do what they're doing making the money they are well said I, I love it and for anybody out there I highly recommend checking out my personal revolution series if you watch the trailer on <laughs> YouTube you will be hooked you will love it I guarantee it or you know check out like you said check out the website medusa.com Definitely going to love it. Thank you. You guys can make, I mean, people can donate. If you can't donate, I understand. Just, you know, help it on social media. Um, the next fundraiser will start in February. Thanks for listening to the two-man power trip of wrestling. What the world is downloading.